Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are... Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Femme Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out weknowpodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, weknowpodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Dude, just a little like glimpse behind the curtain. It's been a while since we've chatted. Like we've had it's, consistent episodes coming out, but I feel like we haven't talked in a while. And I'm super excited to catch up with you, man. It's been a it's been a hot minute, and I'm ready. I'm ready for us to talk about a bunch of stuff. First and foremost, let's go. So we <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about go. Uh, one of the movies that I would say always around Christmas time, you get those films that are like, it's not really a Christmas movie, but this is blank is my favorite Christmas movie. And obviously like Die Hard is the most popular yeah. film in that category. But I feel like Go is one of those movies that gets overlooked a lot. And I actually would argue that it's more Christmassy than Die Hard oh, actually is. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I again, I know the stereotypical thing is I'm going to come on here and hate on this movie. I fucking love this movie. This movie rules. <laughs> um, so I just want everyone to know that Matt and I are 
we are the same on our love for this movie. I told him, um, and he could pull up the text message that if I had seen this movie during my, like, you know, the, the thing that all of us geeks go through high school where we're like, Fight Club's the best movie in the world and Boondock Saints is amazing. If I would have seen this movie during that, that would have been lumped in there as well. I would have been like, this is some Tarantino shit. Like this fucking rules. Um, so this movie is awesome. That being said, Christmas, I mean, Timothy Oliphant, where's the Chris, where's the Santa hat? They're at a Christmas <laughs> rave. It's Christmas Eve. Kate Hudson has that long, or you're, uh, right, Kate, you're, Kate, you're right. All those Christmas raves happening. It's just yeah. <laughs> me in the Katie, warm, warm and fuzzies. It literally opens and ends with Katie Holmes giving the same speech about Christmas morning and like looking at it the does. package underneath the tree. Like it does. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I, I did. I've always dug this movie. Probably my first real introduction to like, rave techno it was like this really? and the matrix at like okay. the same time yeah kind of um and i guess like the opening of blade like that <laughs> like was mine like, dude that yeah. was mine i was like i can't wait to go to the club and they just fucking smear blood, blood. <laughs> <laughs> that opening scene is so fucking good i think that's my favorite opening scene of any movie it's up there so go is also like kind of a weird one because usually i'm pretty good at remembering the first time i saw the movie yeah I don't remember the first time I saw this movie. All I remember is that whenever I did rent it, I was in high school for sure. I think I just rented it because I thought the box looked dope. Like I, I was like, it was like post Kevin's discovering Kevin Smith and like yeah. actively seeking out indie films. Right. If like I would have seen the the cover of this movie. I would have thought it was like a, a raunchy comedy. Like the way that the, the cover is kind of set up. It just reminds me of like a raunchy comedy. See, and this was like me renting, like I finished watching all the Viewisk Universe and then Fuck it was yeah. like, what other indie films can I find? So I would like walk around the comedy and like just like art house sections of Blockbuster looking for stuff. So this is when I rented like Slacker by Richard Linklater yeah. and I rented like American Movie, like that documentary. Yep. And and both of those movies I didn't appreciate until years later. I was like, these are slow and boring. I don't get it. Um, now I love both of them. But go like right out the gate. I was like, this movie fucking rules. And I think yeah. it was one of my first experiences because I saw this. I probably saw this before Memento. Okay. So I want to say this was one of my first experiences of like telling a story in three different parts from three different perspectives and then like seeing the stories link into each other yeah. as they were going. Also, big influence of this movie. And I'm curious if you were influenced by this when you watched it. Yeah. But my entire life since I've watched Go, I have wanted to decorate my car the way that that car is decorated at Christmas time with the tinsel <laughs> all over. I've I've done the tinsel before. I've done the tinsel around like the the windows. Yeah. But like having the active Christmas lights inside the car, I was like, God, that looks so, so fucking dope. <laughs> funny enough, I didn't do it for Christmas. I have done it for Halloween though. Like okay. I've got severed like Jason and Freddie heads that I used to hang in my mirrors and stuff on Halloween, and I would put spider lights like they were little tiny like led lights but they were shaped like spiders inside of my vehicle and stuff i never did it for christmas but i did do it for halloween i think my biggest issue is when i when christmas finally rolls around i just decorate it for halloween i'm like fuck i don't feel like decorating all this shit again so like it's (laughs) it sucks because i love christmas decorations but the act of like doing it is ugh. Just doing anything, man. I don't know. Is this what 30s like? Like I'm <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, welcome to it. 30 um, forward. I just don't feel like doing shit. <laughs> so, 
I, I think that this movie kind of is dope in a couple ways. Not just the like, like I said, you're yeah, you're man. seeing three like thirty minute shorts that all kind of link together. It's it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Run Lola Run in a weird way in yeah. that same same sense. I can see that, but it's also just really fucking funny. It is like it is really funny, and I wish <laughs> like maybe I'm just out of touch, but. I really want a Jay Moore comeback. I feel like Jay Moore is one of those dudes where if I did some digging, I'd end up finding out that he's not so great. But like, I agree with you. <laughs> Just taking Jay Moore as the person who I've appreciated in movies, 110%. Yeah. Can we talk about my favorite character in the movie, though? Manny. <laughs> when Manny is high in the grocery store yeah. and the Hey Macarena scene happens, like that... High school me thought that was the funniest shit <laughs> in the world. Specifically, like, the camera shots of him spinning with that girl. And she's, like, having the time of her life. And he, like, looks like he's about to throw up because he's eating yeah. so many bananas to try to calm his eyes. So, I think this movie is very unique in that I think it's got, like, one, like, like actual likable character. Oh, and, you, and you've said, you've told me who it is. And I it's agree Timothy with you. It's Timothy Oliphant. The drug dealer. The drug dealer is the one single likable character because I think with with the drug dealer is he has a code, like he sticks to that code. He's not a he's not an asshole. He's just yeah. like, bro, I'm a drug dealer. Like if I'm doing you a favor, like this, it's he knows like this is shit that can get me in a lot of trouble, bro. Yeah. Like so, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm not just gonna do favors for people. Sarah Polly sucks. i don't mind katie holmes actually i I don't mind katie holmes Holmes. she's kind of sympathetic because like she's just kind of tossed into this whole yeah she's put in a fucked up place by sarah polly's character because like keep in mind like her very first scene the very first time you see katie holmes she's trying to protect sarah polly from working like a full 24 hour shift from the british guy right she's like don't you dare don't ask her like yeah, I would say that she also has a good moral code, which is why I think the idea that her and Timmy Ele- Elephant actually end up together yeah. kind of at the end of the movie really makes sense because they are two different types of people. But they're also, like you said, yep. the only two people that have a code that they follow 100%. about like I love because it really does have nothing to do with 95% of the movie until you get to like the last 10 minutes. I love the weird ass Vegas trip. It's so like not crucial it's just like breck and meyer just dropping the n-word a whole lot dude a whole fucking lot like Like, very oh my god super uncomfortable and i don't know man i i don't think i was expecting it so i watched the trailer beforehand and for anybody who like didn't grow up in the late 90s early 2000s there was this real like weird thing where white characters certain white characters they would always cast one white guy to act gangster like like yeah. gangsta is what we were considering it back then and like it's so fucking weird none of that shit holds up man no i mean none I of think that holds up i would argue that probably the best example of it where it does it still doesn't hold up well but like i would say kenny fisher and can't hardly wait i would agree because because they address it and are like dude like this is absurd and he actually has character growth 
in the movie from yeah, that. Like, like you look like a moron. Yeah, like it's like okay, like but yeah, a lot of it like so even like on, Malibu, try sitting down and watching Malibu's most wanted. That's what I was gonna say. Malibu's that was exactly what I was. That's exactly what I was about to reference was Malibu's most wanted. Like it that movie doesn't work at all. Oh my <laughs> god! What speaking of Malibu, Mal, Malibu's most wanted, Tay Diggs, bro. Yeah, Tay Diggs yeah. is so good. Dude, the gold jacket joke that goes throughout the movie where everyone just keeps thinking he's an attendant at the casino is really funny. (laughs) In the bathroom? I'm not a fucking bathroom attendant. (laughs) And and I do, I love the ending of this movie. I love the absurdity of the ending of this movie because like, this is one of those movies where it does a good job of building this tension, right? Like, you're constantly like, oh shit, Sarah Pauly just died. And then, like, yeah. she doesn't, right? And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, like, this dude's going to get killed. Oh, shit, there's going to be a complication. They're going to kill Timmy Elephant, and he didn't do anything wrong. Like, yeah. you're constantly on edge that something bad's going to happen. So for it to end with this <laughs> this wacky-ass scene where it's, like, shoot eye for an eye. Yeah. yeah, we're just going to shoot you in the arm to make it even. And everybody's, like, so excited to watch it happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think that's my favorite part is that, like, He's just sitting there. And he's like, seriously, shoot me. I don't care. Like he's like totally fine about it. Timothy Elephant has like a huge smile on his yeah. face. Like, I mean, to set this up, I went into this not knowing anything about this movie. I I watched the trailer beforehand just to know a little bit of what I was getting into. Um, and the movie starts, and I instantly dislike Sarah Polly's character. So I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna watch this whole goddamn movie, and it's just gonna follow her being a drug dealer and then she gets hit by the car and i'm like oh fuck all right (laughs) i'm fucking in like let's go i will say i think the strip the strip club heading to vegas scene um which is the middle part of the movie so hold on let's back up let's explain this for anybody who hasn't seen this this movie is told in three parts of the same time period so we're following Sarah Polly's character, and then we follow a British guy's character. Simon. Um, Simon the British guy. Yep, Simon the British guy. And we're following um, these two actors who play cops on TV, and they're brought in by the actual cops to help them catch a drug dealer, basically. Yeah, so- to catch Timothy Oliphant's character. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. 
We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Well, so yeah, so the so the setup is Sarah Polly is about to get evicted. Yeah. Um, so she's trying to raise four hundred dollars so that she can cover her rent for that month. Yeah. Um, and in doing so, she's basically just working twenty four hours in the grocery store. She's about to leave, and the British character Simon's like, "Hey, my friends are taking me to Vegas. Would you be willing to work my shift?" And she agrees. Yeah. Because the British guy isn't there, the two actors come in and are asking for the British guy because he's their hookup for yeah, drugs. He's like, he's like the plug. Yeah. Yeah. And since he's not there, they're like, you seem resourceful. Could you get us some drugs? So she decides yeah. to one time only go over Simon's head, go over his helmet, as Spaceballs yep. would say, and go straight to his drug dealer, played by Timothy Elephant. To yep. buy the drugs because she'll get the money that she needs to cover everything. In doing so, Timothy Elephant gives her a lot of really important information because she asks for like a very specific amount of ecstasy yep. that like takes it from like one type of felony to a much higher I think type he said of felony. 20, 20 hits. Yeah, 20 hits. Yeah. And he's like, that's like the exact number a cop would ask for. And yep. like makes her strip to prove that she has no wire on her. Yep. Whatever. She takes the drugs goes to the house and immediately is suspicious that this is a drugs this is thing. A setup, yeah. So she in a panic empties out all of these drugs into the toilet, not knowing <laughs> that her friend Manny has already stolen two and had and taken them. Yes. Now she's in a situation where she, she's like, I've got to give drugs back to Timmy. Yeah. Timmy I the need, to, need to bring drugs or I think it was $400, $400 back to, to him. Elephant. So she comes up with this plan to go into the grocery store where they work and take all of the prescription drugs off of the counters uh, from the back and try to find the one that most closely resembles the ecstasy to return to Timothy Elephant. Yeah. Circles are circles are ovals. Cir- <laughs> where the circles are ovals. <laughs> um, but she decides that she can make back her money anyway Yep. by selling what is essentially just like Advil and Tylenol to these kids at the rave. I love uh, that scene where they're all so like, good. I'm still feeling so fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah. So so that's her this little subplot. And Timothy Elephant realizes that he's been tricked, goes with gun in hand to handle the situation at the rave. And while he's chasing down Sarah, she gets hit by a car, and then suddenly we jump to Simon. Going to Las Vegas. Yes. Simon <laughs> so in the like, trunk of a car. And I think they yeah. set it up to look like he's in the trunk of that car. And yeah. then it's revealed that he is actually on his way to Las Vegas. Um, and then the rest of it, if you haven't seen it, you guys need to watch it because this movie fucking rules. Yeah, but, it's hard to explain the the Simon one, but basically the short the short version is just he goes to a strip club yeah. and uh shoots one of the bouncers yeah. in the arm uh when the bouncer starts to rough it him up. It can kind of be be summed up in Simon doesn't know how to listen. No, Simon does not know what the fuck he's doing and fucks up everything constantly. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but but he does get to have sex with two girls, which is insane to me. <laughs> 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 Unreal- <laughs> unbelievable, 
won't accept that as fact. No, <laughs> it's insane that that people have sex with two girls, or insane that Simon had Simon sex with specifically. Two girls. Okay, <laughs> all right. It's like, are we getting into, like a, a deeper insight into Matt no, Kelly no, no, on this no, podcast no. again? <laughs> no, I produce enough podcasts for porn stars to realize that people do in fact have sex with two girls, <laughs> but like sometimes. But Matt's like, does not compute. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. But like, it doesn't make sense to any of his friends either when they're like no. driving back to Los Angeles. Yeah. They're like, wait, well, he two sets girls? the fucking hotel room on fire. <laughs> Yeah, the Simon segment is just like <laughs> just a it is wacky constant ex- uh, escalation. Constant oh, for sure. escalation. So, so that's the Simon side of the story. Then we jump yeah. into the two actors who you realize had been caught with drugs. The police explain that Which it's like Which is one of my favorite segments. Oh, it's so I good. I well, love this segment. Them explaining like, you know, we're not going to ruin this girl's life. We're going to catch this girl and she's going to lead us to the next guy and yeah. then that guy's got like but regardless, she bounces, but he won't let the cop won't let <laughs> won't let Jay Moore and the guy from Party of Five. I can't remember his Scott name. Scott Wolf. Is it Scott yeah, Wolf? Scott Wolf. Yeah. He won't let them leave his house because a lot of weird shit. Just watch it. It's hilarious. But essentially it yeah. all comes down to they want uh, to pyramid sell. scheme. Yeah, pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> they decide, hey, let's go check out this party that we've yeah. heard so much about. And while driving and having an argument, they hit Sarah Paul. Yeah, and then we're kind of brought back to like modern time, like like what's happening or present time, and what's going to happen moving forward. And it's a great flick. I still we just brought that all up, and not one mention of Christmas. <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, no. Did I do want to call Christmas out. Time? <laughs> I do want to call out. I love the visual of the giant rave Santa Claus inside of the yes, rave. Yes. Like, um, so once COVID's really gone, yeah. Um, if COVID ever does go away, we're gonna have a giant Santa rave. Uh, Christmas 365 presents like Santa dance off, and right. and we're gonna have a huge fucking Christmas rave with that blow up Santa, and we'll have <laughs> we'll we'll give out fake x pills <laughs> yeah we'll just give people advil exactly. who wants some advil who wants it's some advil we're gonna tell you that it's advil because we're, <laughs> we're not going to jail for this shit no 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 um, um can we talk about the unsung hero of independent cinema at this time james duvall yes. that motherfucker pops up in everything around this time period you got this slc punk donnie darko like this motherfucker is in everything and Honestly, usually does nothing in any of them. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of there. Uh, I want to talk about the amount of cameos that are in this movie as well. Yeah, like, but like before they were famous cameos. Yeah, not sure if you knew who directed this. Uh, this was this was Doug uh, Lyman. So this was his follow up to Swingers. Okay. Um. So you can kind of see a little bit of that yeah. visual style. So we've got a bunch of random. People popping in here, including uh, the cop that we were talking about is William Finchner, Finchner yep. I yeah. think it's pronounced. You've definitely seen him in a bunch of stuff. He kind of reminds me of like a drugged up Gary Cole. Like if I yeah, was. Yeah, I can like, see that. If if Gary Cole, who does play the villain a lot, but if Gary Cole exclusively played villains, you would have yeah. this actor. Um, But the two big ones of the before they were famous is his wife in the movie yep. played by Jane Krakowski from like 30 rock and Kimmy Schmidt and stuff. 
But did you also catch in a very small cameo, Melissa McCarthy? Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> yep. Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> um, it's funny enough. I was watching on my computer while doing dishes, like with my headphones in. And I was like, babe, come here. I was like, look who that is. <laughs> and like her this- part is so funny to me because the premise is that these two, these two actors are also lovers. Yes. And they're having they're having a fight because one is they're both cheating on each other. Yep. But they find out that they've been cheating on or the same each guy. Other with the same guy, yep. Who's who's the hairstylist. So they go to his house and it's his sister who answers the door. Yeah. And she's like, Oh and my she, god. She's like so excited, and then she looks at him and Wait, she do goes, you guys know? <laughs> Do you guys know? And they, they say yeah, and she goes, Ooh. There was one time it was so close, it was so exciting. <laughs> like, was, like so good. It was so I was like that is so fucking funny because that's how the reality would be. The sister oh, yeah. or whoever, the roommate whoever would know what was going on yep. and they would be the one that sees the two of them and just be like, "Oh shit, I knew it was going to happen eventually." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Katie Holmes I really do love in this, but I I agree with you. Tim Timothy Elephant is the standout of the movie soundtrack is fucking fantastic oh yeah i bought the soundtrack this is where we first heard the song new like it was okay it was on this soundtrack before return of saturn came out the following year so that was like the promotional single for the back when back when like movie soundtracks had singles (laughs) to promote them we don't really get that as much anymore i know uh len steal my sunshine this was like the big promotion for that as well um and then the famous like the remix of Magic Carpet Ride yeah. was first done for this. And then there's just, I have the soundtrack. It's filled with some bangers. There's a Simpsons episode that is based on the movie. I heard that. I saw that afterwards. Yeah, um, Trilogy of Error. With, are you familiar with the episode? Vaguely, I always thought that it was a Run Lola Run parody. Okay. But I can see how it's kind of both. So it, it does tell the, so it's basically the combination of Homer cuts off his thumb and is trying to get to the hospital. Lisa's trying to get to her science fair in time where she's built a robot that will correct any grammatical errors that people say. And then Bart accidentally runs into like an illegal fireworks scheme that that ends up connecting everything together, like with Bart's okay. part of the story. You know, it's tied to go, so we can do it as a Christmas <laughs> 365 Yeah, exactly. Now. Yeah, fuck you, bro. <laughs> you totally can. I would argue that we talked about more Christmas shit on the Scream episode than we have today. So fuck you. All right, so here's the thing. This is coming out in March. And to go to another Simpsons quote, it's been some lousy-ass March weather so far oh my this God, March. dude. Yesterday or or two days ago, what it was like sixty, seventy degrees. And Yesterday now it's it was snow on the snowing. ground and fucking freezing. Dude, I don't it's like this. Absolutely insane. And tomorrow it's going back to sixty. It, it's going to exactly. be seventy degrees by Wednesday. I I can't deal with the month of March. It's, you know what? It's like the worst time. So I needed something that was in Los Angeles that just felt warm. So I went with go. Do you guys, <laughs> do you guys feel that Halloween? That. Halloween air. No, it's let's coming. not listen. It's I coming. Need, Halloween's on its way. Look, I am <laughs> listen. I am the biggest fan of fall on the fucking planet, but like, I want my yeah. spring too. Like, like, give me a little bit of that spring. Once the spring is over and I'm sweating my balls off in a pool, yeah, I'm ready for that Halloween weather. <laughs> ready for that Halloween <laughs> but, weather, bro. 
ready for that Halloween weather. That Halloween weather hasn't fucking left yet. So... <laughs> dude, bullshit. It's fucking snow, dude. I hate snow. I, mean, I hate it so much. <laughs> as, I hate it so as, much. As fans of Christmas, we really should, like, honestly, to- at least tolerate snow. I Look, fucking hate snow. I have the one benefit over you, which is that I have the HOA that takes care of all the shoveling and yeah, stuff for me. So I, I do have the benefit of, like, yo, I'm just... It's snowing. Let me open up the the curtains to my yeah. deck and just stare at it fall while I drink my peppermint tea and know that I don't have to deal with it. That's pretty sweet. But I don't. I just don't like it being that fucking cold outside. Yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Like, and I'll <laughs> take. And I've argued I'll take the cold over the heat because it's easier for me to throw on extra layers and warm up in the yeah. cold than it is for me to continually take off things until I feel I'm cool in that. the summer. Yeah, but I'm for that. I, I would I'd much still just rather, rather be, it be 60 all the time. 60? I would much rather be bundled up in my house with as many layers as possible than sitting on my couch, butt booty naked and still sweating yeah. my ass just off. Just your boxers <laughs> fanning yourself. Yeah. Like. Dude, boxers gone too, bro. And you're just sitting there, sweat <laughs> pouring still. Oh, God. God and those like kind awful. of sort of vinyl couches where you're just yeah. like, oh, everything. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Dude, it's it sucks, so man. And then the air kicks on and you're like, there goes $100. <laughs> There goes two hundred dollars. It's uh, it's almost spring, Dylan. It's almost spring, dude. obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are... Fem Regard Podcast. Mmm. Fem.
We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 